The following program is a production of Beach Booster Radio. Hello everyone, this is Bill Friday and it is a pleasure for me to have as my guest Peter Martin, former Toronto Argonaut player, where he played over 100 games as right corner and middle linebacker for the Double Blue. He was a key member of the historic 1971 Argos, widely regarded as the best team in Argo history, even though they lost that year to the Calgary Stampeders in the Grey Cup in Vancouver. Peter retired from playing football after the 1972 season, but in 1977, he began a 25-year career as a radio color commentator broadcasting the Argo Games. Peter is a summer resident in Wasaga Beach, and it is always nice to see he and his wife, Wendy, at many of the events in and around town. Let's join the conversation, which is already in progress. What I'd like to do is talk about Pete Martin. Do you want to talk about 71? You, yeah, you realize that, with that? Do you realize that's 46 years ago? Well, you know, I went to the game on Sunday and uh, at the new BM, BMO field, and you know, yeah. it, was, uh, it was kind of a go back to the old days afternoon. I'm, I'm sitting there, and of course, the old stadium was sort of on the same property facing a different direction, and yes, certainly yes. not as nice as... Uh, the new one we have right now, but it was, you know, 46 years ago, probably to the day, uh, we played the second game of the Eastern Final against the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and it wasn't the greatest game in the world, and we tied it, I think, uh, we tied the game, but we won the two-game point, went to the Grey Cup, and uh, it's the first time the Argos have been in the Grey Cup uh, since 1952, and it's kind of ironic, it's the first time that the Argos have played the Calgary Stampeders in the Grey Cup, and of course the one we have coming up this Sunday will be the fourth time they've met, and uh, so it was uh, an interesting afternoon for me. Uh, yeah, that was that was good. Now, uh, we can talk about that game, but let's talk about Peter Martin for a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Martin, you, you were raised in Scarborough. I, I was born and raised on a farm, if you can believe that, in Scarborough, right, at uh, Birchmount Road, yeah. Lawrence. My mom and dad owned a 100-acre dairy farm, and wow. I lived on the lived on the farm till I was 13. Uh, Scarborough got eaten up by the urban sprawl of Toronto yeah. after World War II, and my dad was kind of forced to, to sell the property, just couldn't keep it up uh, with the taxes and so on. And my dad's health wasn't all that great, so he decided not to farm anymore and uh, retired and bought a piece of property in Scarborough, built a house, and uh, so I lived in Scarborough till I finished uh, my high school at Winston Churchill and went then uh, went to the University of Western Ontario, and then my career brought me out to the west end of the city, and I've lived in Mississauga and the Oakville area since uh, 1965. So, um, but my roots go back, an old uh, farm boy. Uh, I tell you what, I, when I go back up. Uh, when I go back to the cottage up at the beach and I drive through that wonderful farm country, it uh, brings back a lot of memories of the days uh, milking the cows and stooping the straw. <laughs> well, I'll bet. That's, uh, that's a good story. That is really a good story. Of course, I moved from Ottawa uh, to, to Scarborough probably yeah. about the same time as you got involved with the Toronto Argonauts, which was 1965, I, I think. Is that That's right. And it's interesting that when I left... Uh, graduated from the University of Western Ontario in 64, I got drafted by the Ottawa Rough Riders, and I went to training camp 
1964 in Ottawa when Frank Clare was the coach and Russ Jackson, Ronnie Stewart, and uh, the boys were there. And uh, I didn't make the team. And I, I got cut right at the last minute, played four exhibition games, and I made it right down to the wire and I got cut. And I've often thought that, you know, <laughs> in your life, if you go back and you take a look at your life, how a decision made by somebody else has an impact on what happens to your life. And Frank Clare called me into the office and said, sorry, Pete, we've cut you and put you on waivers and we don't want you anymore. So I ended up in Toronto. And um, as it turned out, I was able to make the team in '65 and play there for uh, play here for eight years. And like 104 you know, games. Down here did, and, did you know you played 104 games? Well, I think I, well, maybe somewhere around it's four and some playoff games and things like that. Oh. But you know, if Frank Clair had said that I was going to make the Ottawa Rough Riders, uh, we can only only fantasize over what my life would have been like. But uh, I know, I know. No regrets. Uh, it was a good time with the Argos. We had a, we had uh, an interesting eight years. Uh, you know, when I started in 65, the team really wasn't uh, very good. And, you know, we went through uh, Bob Shaw first, and then Leo Cahill came in, and the club spent some money. We brought in some good players, and, you know, we made it to the Great Cup 7-1, which uh, who, was very uh, disappointing. Peter, who owned the team in those days? I, I can remember I can yeah. remember Wayne Gretzky was involved in the team at one well, that, time. That was it? way after me. Uh, Gretzky wasn't involved until 1991, oh, when Bruce okay. McNall and John Candy and Wayne Gretzky owned the team, and, and when I was there, uh, John Bassett, uh, who owned the uh, Toronto Star, or the Telegram, he owned the Telegram. Yes, uh, he was the owner at uh, at that time. Now I'm, I'm thinking back to Ottawa days and the Rush Jackson days. Um, Rush Jackson, of course, went to McMaster, I believe. Is that? That's right. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Now yep. his coach there at McMaster was a fellow by the name of. Al Smith, and Al Smith coached me at the Ottawa Technical High School. I was a quarterback for for uh, yeah. for the Ottawa Technical High School. So, when you were the quarterback, could you throw the post pattern? Could you throw the deep I, corner? Uh, no, um, most <laughs> they of didn't the, throw it back then. No, no, no. They, they ran the football. They ran the football. Yeah, back we, then. yeah, but we also had what we called the pro pass, which was really, yeah, really no, yeah. you know. It was, <laughs> <laughs> you had to jump up in the air to throw that too, right? That's right, I did. And in those <laughs> days, Peter, we played both ways, of course. We played, oh, exactly. you know. Exactly. You know. I remember at Lansdowne Park, we played the uh, Toronto Parkdales when I played junior football as well. Mm -hmm. and, uh, that was quite a good. We played it in the fog one year. Lansdowne Park is well, uh, near and dear to my heart anyway. Well, the thing is, you know, that's one of the things that um, over the years, of course, the game's changed dramatically, you know, the way the game is played offensively and defensively, but it's it's also the number of players that they've got on the team. You know, when I played, we, we played with 32 guys, yeah. right? They used to play with 30, and then they moved it up with two and guys at the CFL level that played two ways, right? That's unheard of now, right? Yeah, that I never know. happens I know. now. I know, yeah. And, uh, but the rosters now are 46, something like 44, 46 oh, players every game is dressed. Yeah. So the game, is, uh, <clears throat> the game has changed uh, dramatically in the way, uh, you know, they throw the ball a lot more than they uh, they did back then. And uh, But, you know, looking at uh, still the, you know, the running game is, uh, is still a critical part of the game, no matter which way you look at it. Well, it is. It is. It's uh, it, it, yeah. Bo both both uh, both passing and 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 running yeah. are very necessary in the game. Just getting back to 
after you played for the Argos for a hundred games or so, then you you retired. But you didn't retire from football, did you? Well, one of the advantages uh, we had back then as a player, and that we played uh, we played a sixteen game schedule. I think my first year we played fourteen games, maybe. And then we played moved to a sixteen game schedule. But we didn't start training camp till the first of July, and um, we played a very compressed schedule. Like we would play two games on a weekend and things like that, which they don't do anymore. But at the time, they kind of encouraged. Uh, you know, we practiced at five o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, they encouraged the players to get involved in the community. They encouraged them to get jobs and so on. And so I was able to uh, all the years that I played. Uh, I had got my teaching qualification, so I was able to hold down a full contract. So for the eight years that I was playing, uh, from Sedona, I was teaching full-time at Fort Credit Secondary School here in, uh, at the Peel Board. So the transition, you know, when I decided I didn't want to play anymore, the, my career of teaching had already been going on for eight years, so it was a very easy easy transition for me, uh, with, you know, from football into the real world, because I'd been there for eight years. So... That's an advantage uh, I had, and unfortunately, it doesn't work that way for the players now because it's, you know, they practice at 11 o'clock in the morning, and it's a longer season, and so on. So, you really almost have to commit yourself to be a full-time football player during the football season, and sort of some the young guys sort of really are handcuffed in a way that their opportunity to transition into uh, a job after football is delayed, you know, for the period of time that they're playing football. But you, you actually, after after playing football, went into the broadcast booth, did you not? Oh, yeah. Well, that, yeah, I fell into that. I mean, I, 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 my last year as a player was seventy two, and then I started doing the radio in nineteen seventy seven. And a former teammate of mine, Mel Prophet, a tight end, was uh, was doing the radio, and and Mel was um, a little critical. He, he <laughs> the Argo owners didn't particularly like Mel Prophet's style. He uh, during a broadcast, he made the comment that uh, the Argo offense could be written on the head of a pin, and uh, <laughs> so they, they, the, the owners at that time, the, you know, the owners and the and the radio station sort of had to agree that uh, on who the broadcast team what it was going to look like, and they said you got to get rid of um, Mel Prophet. So they had an audition uh, to replace him, and. Um, I was part of the audition, and uh, Dave Hodge uh, did the audition and ended up hiring me, and uh, it worked out total, I guess, over like maybe 25 to 27 years, something wow. like that, with different that radio amazing? stations. That I was, was able to. But yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun, and uh, I, I survived a lot of purges with radio stations, things like that, And uh, but uh, my luck ran out in 2010, so I have not uh, done a broadcast since 2010, but... Uh, it's uh, time to move on, and uh, but it was it was uh, it was a nice way to stay involved with the with the team with the league. Yeah. Do, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, the uh, the nineteen seventy one team? Do you want to talk about the the Grey Cup in that year? Yeah, it was it was it was really when I think back, it 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 you'd, you'd like to think that you know it, the Grey Cup would be the highlight of 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 the career you, you work hard that's that's what you work for right to to win the whole thing and get to the Grey Cup and you know I, I think a lot about that and um it really wasn't uh, that great of a week um 
we got out there and it rained all the week we were there and the weather was miserable and the Vancouver I, I can't remember what was going on out there but the, the city didn't really turn on to the great cup festivities and and uh, you know with the wet weather and all of this sort of stuff and then you know the game itself we you know we had beaten Calgary quite handily uh, one game we played them during the season and we went with a good game plan and we were the favorites to win and we probably should have won the game but we played badly and uh, and it it uh, it was raining and you know, we just didn't get the job done and and um, it really was uh, it's hard to explain, you know, what what it feels like, you know, after the game is over and you're sitting in a, a miserable little cubby hole of a locker room and you're sitting in there and drinking a cold Coke or something like that where you hear laughter and the excitement coming from the locker room next door where the Calgary Stampeders are and they're popping the champagne and... Uh, there's not one media guy in our room. Everybody's over on the other side talking to them. So you you really get a dose of reality what it's like to win or lose. And, and um, you know, it, it was really uh, very, very disappointing. And what really hurt after the fact was that we had a really, really good team. And we weren't an old team. And um, we had a lot of potential. And everybody kept saying, you know, don't worry, boys. You know, next year you know, you're going to be there and it's going to be okay. Well, 1972 rolls around and Joe Theismann breaks his ankle and other guys go down and I, I, I dislocate my elbow. I miss six or seven games and we we miss the playoffs, right? So the reality sets in that, you know, sometimes you only get one chance, right? And if you don't take advantage of that opportunity, you're never going to get it again. And uh, I always uh, regret the fact that, uh, you know, we didn't reach out, play a little bit better, and win that game because we never really got another chance to do it. What was the score of that game? Do you remember? Oh, thirteen ten or something like that. And it, you know, it was it was the Leon McQuay fumble, and Leon takes a lot of heat for that. But you know, that was one play in a game that we didn't score an offensive touchdown, and we had we had you know we scored thirty four points against them in a league game, and you know we just didn't play very well on the offense and made a lot of mistakes, and it uh, it it just was. Uh, you know they like to put the finger on on um, on Leon for the fumble and so on, but it was a collective effort. We just didn't uh, play well enough, and you know based on the performance for the day, we deserved to lose the game, which we did. Yeah, but not everybody who plays football in the CFL gets to go to the Grey Cup. So Peter, oh. you can be proud of that fact. That's right. I mean, there's thousands of guys that never get a chance to play. And on the other side of the coin, the guys got more great cup rings than they have fingers. And, you know, I know guys that the great cup seems to follow them wherever they go. They'll play one place and get a ring and then get traded somewhere else and get another yeah. ring. And, and so on. And lots of guys have got more than one. But it's um, it's uh, it's something. It's just like anything else. I mean, if you're in the National Hockey League, it's, uh, you know, you're winning the Stanley Cup, right? You, you can be proud of your career. I mean, you can be proud of the fact that, uh, you know, you were good enough at the time, you know, to play at that level. And that's the one thing you take satisfaction in. You know, for eight years, you'd like to think that you were capable of playing at that level. But then the disappointment is that you just didn't get that little extra ring to get the championships that would have uh, sort of topped everything off for you. Now, let's talk about what's happening this coming weekend. Um, mm-hmm. I, I assume, well, you, you did tell me you were at the game on, uh, on Sunday. Yep. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the chances of the Argos? Well, 
you know, you can analyze this thing uh, inside out backwards, you know, and, and trying to predict who's going to do what and whatever. And it's um, it's going to be a, a very, very interesting uh, battle. I would assume that the Calgary Stampeders are going to be the favorites going into the game. I, I haven't looked at the point spread and so on, but I would assume that a lot of people would be putting their money on Calgary based on the fact that the two games they played this season, they won, Calgary won, and they won sort of handily as well. But to keep in mind that the last time these two teams played was in August, and the Argos are a different team now than they were in August. They are a much better football team now than they were back then. And, um, you know, Calgary, you know, they come from a a stronger conference. The Western Conference has better teams than they the East, and they say, well, the Argos came from the, you know, the East, a weak conference, which, you know, which it was in a lot of ways when you look at the records of Hamilton and Montreal particularly and even Ottawa. But the, and the Argos had struggled playing much teams at the earlier in the year, but towards the end of the season, the Argos, you know, they beat the Bombers, they beat Saskatchewan last week, they beat Edmonton. So, I mean, they are playing good football at this point in time. So, they do have, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be a flip of the coin. And when you look at it, you know, you have to factor in the weather conditions, uh, you know, what's what's it, what's it going to be like in in, uh, in Ottawa on Sunday? Is it going to be wet? Is it going to be snow? Is it going to be windy? I mean, you have to factor those things in. But I think that if, if there is an advantage, it would be that I think from a, a throwing point of view, I think the Argos have got an advantage with Ricky Ray. I think statistically and what he's able to do with the football gives the Argos an advantage in the throwing game. But Calgary's got the number one pass defense in the league, right? And then on the other side, you look at Calgary and the running game, and we talked earlier about the running game, how important it is to run the football. And if it's the weather's bad and you need to run, Calgary have got two excellent backs in Messam and Finch. they got the big bulldozer fullback in Messam, and they got Finch, who's the scat back, so they can really damage you with the running game. So when you look at all the stats and things like that, it, it it's it's going to be hard to pick one and it's going to be really close and I think it's probably going to be less than a touchdown difference I'd be surprised if it's more than a touchdown difference the way both teams play play defense and you know normally in a situation like that it comes down to one or two plays it could be an interception could be a fumble whatever and uh, but I have my personal feeling is I think the fans are going to be in for a retreat because I think that both teams will put on a really good show on Sunday. Argos certainly came back on last Sunday, yeah. didn't they? They really did. Mm. Um, yeah, they did. And I was just wondering, why Why did Ricky Ray, why did Why did we put the other quarterback in? Why did the Argos the end, do that? Yeah, yeah. To get that, well, that's what they normally do. They, 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 they normally have, when it's third down and one, they normally take out the starter and they have a special quarterback that runs uh, quarterback sneaks. Yeah, that's, they do oh. that. Everybody does that. And okay. they do it. They do it because they practice it. He might be a little bit bigger, getting off the ball, and so on and so forth. And also, you might not want your quarterback to take the whack too when, no, you, when right. he runs yeah. a quarterback sneak. He could get mm-hmm. hit and all this sort of stuff. So no, it's it. Everybody does that. That they take out. Uh, most cases, they take out the starter and put in a special uh, uh, quarterback to to run uh, to run the quarterback sneak on short yardage to run short yardage offense. But you know when you look at. You look at Sunday. Uh, you know you got. You mentioned Ricky Ray. I mean, Ricky Ray is a guy who who really probably probably should win the Outstanding Player Award in uh, in the league this year. I think, and and probably certainly the most valuable player with the Argos. And he made a play on Sunday that that you know 
you get to a point where you know you, you try to determine what makes a quarterback great and and you know you'll have uh, you know you can win games and and so on and so forth but you know being able the greatness i think in a quarterback or any player comes to when when the crunch and when the game is on the line that the great players make a play right they they get it done and there was a situation on sunday when it was third down and about eight yards to go and they needed to they needed to make a first down and he made a, an incredible throw he made a great throw down the sidelines and uh, wilder the running back made a great catch but it was an incredible throw by ricky ray right on the money he had to drop the ball in between two defenders right on the sideline there was no room for error bill it couldn't be short couldn't be long left or right it had to be right on the money and he did that with the game on the line and if he doesn't make that play season's over for the argos they're not going to great cup and that plays like that really you know i played with quarterbacks and you know and played with some good ones and i played with some great ones and, and it's the great ones that when the game is on the line they're able to dig down deep and make the play that you have to make and that's what ricky ray did on sunday and i'm sure you know he he last they won the great cup um in 2012 he was the reason why they won the great cup he was magnificent in that game as well so when they going gets tough having ricky ray in your huddle really is a important factor and the argos have a another bonus too and that with the offseason changes they brought in mark tressman and, and mark tressman as the head coach and mark tressman is a marvelous coach and he has a and he's a quarterback coach and he was able to take a guy like ricky ray who's beat up over the years and some people said he was done his arm was done his shoulder was bad and so on but mark tressman has taken him and given him an offense that he can run and manage and he's made him the key guy in their offense like he did when he was in montreal he took anthony calvillo yes and did. made him mm-hmm. a hall of famer mm-hmm. in montreal right mm-hmm. and he's done the same thing with ricky ray this season so those two guys have really taken you know everybody's contributed but when it comes down to it and ricky ray who has really made the plays offensively that have got the Argos where they are right now. Let's uh, let's talk a minute about the uh, the other game, the the game out west, the yeah, yeah. the Stampeders and and yep. the Eskimos. Uh, wh- yep. What was your uh, you know towards the end of the game? Of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know was that was that a good call or a bad call? Oh, you know? I mean, I, I'm shaking my head as to. I, mean, I have to be honest with you. I have not read any of the explanations I, I did not read any of the inf- information as to what what jason moz was thinking about but well i'll oh, tell i'll tell you i'll tell you yeah. what he said mm. will i look back on it and wonder yes maybe i won't ever regret it because i have faith in our football team mm-hmm. and uh, that, that was the that was it the faith in the decision mm-hmm. the faith in your defense to stop yeah. the other team you know, but, but, here, he, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? If 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 they were down by two, okay. If if they were less than, if the, they kicked a field goal and makes the score less than two, of course, I of can course. see yeah. I can see the call. I can yeah. see the call because then if they get the ball back, they can kick a field goal. And I'm not sure which way the wind was going, but they got a good field goal kicker, so they get the ball anywhere, say 40 yards out, they can have a chance to kick a field goal to win it. But you kicked a field goal, you're down by four. Yeah, like you so you, you really, you yeah, you really, you got to get a touchdown, a touchdown. To win, right? <laughs> to win. That's so right. you go now. You 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 take the field. Now they 
they, even if they get a two and out, they're going to punch you deep into your own territory. And when they when they kicked the field goal, there was a minute forty seven left to go in the game. All right, and the way way Calgary's playing offense, and what's the chance of getting the ball back? I, I think it was a horrible call. And because earlier in that drive, he gambled on third down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He gambled on third down. Then if he's prepared to do it inside his own 55-yard line, why wouldn't he do it further on down the field? So you can have faith in your defense, whatever you want, but I tell you what, if I got Mike Riley and I got I got Abel and I got guys like that, I got a team as good as the Eskimos, and you're down and you can't get three or four yards and have a play in your book where you can get three or four yards and keep the drive going, then you're showing a hell of a lack of faith in your offense, right? And too much faith in your defense. Well, I think it was uh, it was a, a pretty bad oh. call, but he's um, even even uh, Mike Riley has said I put faith in my coaching staff, and yep. that they're going to make the best decision for us. And I'll never that he said, isn't that something? Well, I know that, that, hey, that that's a pat answer. That's a pat answer. Mike Riley's not going to badmouth his coach. He's got to no. play with him next year, right? Yeah. He's not going to yeah. say anything. But you know what, Bill? All the years I'm doing the radio and I'm talking to go, I've never made a coach who apologizes for a bad call. Right? Never. Never. No, How often do they ever admit that, uh, you know, they, they always come up with some some reason why what they did was the call, yeah. right? Coaches but, are notorious for that, right? But even, even after the field goal that they got, why didn't they have mm-hmm. a short kick or something? You know, I, I don't know. I don't. They, uh, they 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 kicked it right down. Anyway, the, uh, that's yeah, history. Anyway, and, it's something that... It's something that um, yeah, it, it even if they even if you know even if they do get the two and out right, and with the timing procedure and with I don't know how many timeouts they had left, you know, and with that much time left, they get one first down and the game's over, right? You don't have you run out of time, and yep. uh, I know you can have faith in your defense, but um, you know Calgary's uh, when you got number one team in the league, you're putting an awful lot of pressure on the defense. Sure. The game on Sunday, uh, you haven't really called the Argos, but are you going to call the Argos? You know what? I think I will. I think I will. Because I, I think the one thing that um, they're, they're, people are going to go back and compare records and say, oh, you know, 9-9 nine and nine and uh, the Eastern Conference and so on. But I think when you get to the Grey Cup, I think you can throw a lot of that stuff out of the window, out the window. I think... You gotta. It's sort of like you prepare yourself to be ready at the time, right? You don't. You want to peak at the right time. Right? You don't want to be playing your best football in September necessarily, because you got to play in November, right? So I think the Argos are at a point right now where they're probably playing. Now they didn't play all that great on on Sunday, right? I mean, it wasn't the greatest offensive performance and so on. They played well on defense. It wasn't the prettiest game, but they won. But they're playing really good football, and I think they're they're getting better, sort of like week after week. I think the team has a good feeling about themselves. They have confidence. They believe in their quarterback, right? They got great faith in their coaching staff. They'll be well prepared. So. I think that they're they've really got themselves in a position to win the football game. I think they're they're at a point right now where they they're playing as well as they played all year right now, and that's exactly where you want to be. And they're expecting what thirty five thousand in Ottawa. Well, wow. I, yeah, they, the stadium itself, the original stadium holds like twenty five or twenty six, but they can yeah they can add they've added a bunch of seats in the end zone. It might be as high as thirty five or forty something yeah, like 30, that. But I think thirty five. All the and- seats. Uh, yeah, they're sold. All the tickets yeah. are sold. Yep, all the tickets yeah. are sold. Have been sold out for uh, 
uh, two or three weeks or so, and uh, the Ottawa people are are disappointed. I'm sure that uh, you know that Ottawa is not in it, and uh, but they didn't deserve to be in it because they, they they just had a really up and down season. But they've got a an outstanding fan base in in uh, Ottawa. Uh, the city really loves the CFL again, and. Bill, I don't know whether you've ever been down there to the new stadium, but it's a great venue. I mean, great I have, venue. I have. If I remember leaving Ottawa one day, and I remember you being at the game. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's, all, it's all changed now. The stadium's on the same location, but Bank Street's yep. changed, and all the area around yep. the old fairgrounds has all changed. There's restaurants oh, yeah. and bars and all kinds Beautiful. of stuff going on there. Yeah. It, it's a very fan-friendly place, and everybody goes there and has a lot of fun, and it's the downtown core area of Ottawa is very condensed, so you know all the activities are going to be in a confined area and so on. So there'll be a lot of things going on that that are free and that will encourage the local local people to get involved and so on. So it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be a really good party, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping it's uh, it's a good football game, and it should be. I think it should be a good game because you know you look at the Calgary St. Peters. And they, you know, they won 13 games, and they won 13 games in a really tough conference. And they hit a flat spot in uh, October there, where they lost three in a row. But they've seemed to recovered from that. They've got a lot of great players. They got a lot of great players. And I tell you what, if the Argos can't stop the run, they're going to lose. They they have to. The Argos have to stop the run. Thanks for doing this, Peter, for Beach Booster Radio. And let's hope it's a good game on Saturday. No, Sunday. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the game is on Sunday, and. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys at each, and you know how much fun I have when I'm up there, and uh, I always look forward to doing anything I can to help promote the beach and get people up there. Well, we we certainly enjoy having you, Peter. You know that. Again, thank you for doing this. Uh, I'm sure all the um, all the listeners are going to appreciate and, it. And go Argos, right? Go Argos. <laughs> oh yeah, you did bet yeah, on them. That's okay. right. That's okay. right. <laughs> Bye three, bye three. All right, bye three. Okay, thanks, Peter. Bye bye. The preceding program is a production of Beach Booster Radio, written, recorded, and produced in Wasaga Beach, Ontario. We thank you for listening to Beach Booster Radio, Wasaga Beach's only locally owned and operated radio station. We are local. We are Wasaga Beach. We are Beach Booster. Hi, this is Brian Smith, Mayor of the Town of Wasaga Beach, and you're listening to Beach Booster Radio.